Hello and welcome back to the Around Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Will Hunter, and joining me this week, like every week, is Mike Breslin. Hello. And the Pucker Pie Prince, David Harris. Hi, Will. Thanks for that rebirth of that name. Oh, it's never died, Dave. You can't kill what's always alive. <laughs> um, well, you can, actually. Um, I've actually so... never had a Pucker Pie. That's the ironic what? thing in this. No. I've never had one. I've never no. Had one. I've never had Don't. one. What do you totally mean you haven't had a pucker pie? Even I mean, at the football, I've, I've only ever had like hot dogs. I don't go for the pies. Well, you had a pucker pie. I've never had yes. one. I tell you, the only time I've ever had a pie at a sporting grab was I went to watch the. I went to see like the rugby internationals, which, by the way, was shit because rugby's shit. Like, I, well. how can you get excited about a game where you can't pass forward? It's like <laughs> watch, honestly, it, it was like this is a really exciting rugby game. It's like Mark Hughes Stoke. You're just wrong. It's no. like Roy Hodgson's Palace. 100% right. Like bloody Roy Hodgson's Palace. Rugby sucks. Anyway, the pie was okay. It was fine. It was a bolty pie. It wasn't a pucker pie. But Dave, were you not ever tempted to have a pucker pie? Given your name, no. what? Pucker pie Prince? No, just don't really. I can't believe that. I don't <laughs> really. Buy... Usually, I don't really even buy food at the football. And if I do, it's a burger or a hot dog. I don't really. Pies don't really appeal to me. Dave, where do you stand? That on? is it. A... I'm being serious. I've never had one. Well, are we talking just sweet and savoury pies that you don't like? I've had it. No, I've had pies before. I've just never had a pucker pie before. I just, I just need to rewind on, on his statement about having not having food at the football. If Every do, time we went to Mike, Sale Mall. Mike, you're not listening. I said, if I have food at the football, it's a burger or a hot dog. Hold on, hold on, hold on. This is a press conference. Uh, Mike Breslin from inandaroundmedia.com. There you go. Ask your question. <laughs> I just can't believe that. No, I didn't say I don't eat food. I said I don't always eat food, but if I do, it's a burger or a hot dog. <laughs> Look at that. We've stumbled onto a decent talking point here. Who would have thunk it? What, if you go to the football, what's your go-to? If you're gonna get something to eat in the ground, you see it uh, roll over hot go. dog. Mate. Yeah, I was gonna say roll over hot dog, but Solial Moors used to have some of the They're best bacon good. rolls in the world. Yeah, in that is true. World. It's true. No, that's, Mike, that's it's true. true. It's true. That's true. What made them so good? Lots of bacon. Lots of bacon. Just, just beautifully fried. When you are we talking a roll roll, or are we talk? Are you just saying like a like a cob? A cob. Yeah. Look, First, it's a bread roll or a bat. Uh, oh dear. Yeah. Breslin for you? Uh, yeah. Oh, no. Really good bacon. Top yeah. tier. No, but I'm not asking Would recommend about... to any visiting fan to the Midlands, to be honest. Um, if The last time I went to see the Moors play, possibly the worst game of football I've ever seen, live or not. Well... Uh, the good news is that the uh, the bacon roll van is now outside the ground. So if you if you don't want to watch the football, <laughs> just get a bacon roll and go. Get a bacon roll. <laughs> um, there was there was a, I did have a I did have a follow up question, lads, but it seems to have evaporated from my mind. Anyway, oh no, it was story time tangent. Uh, so my brother was an England mascot for in two thousand and nine. So if you've never been an England mascot. Or know anyone that's ever been. One of the things they don't tell you is you have to get to the ground like stupidly early because it's like an evening kickoff, but you you've got to be there for like five hours beforehand. And um, this was like 2010, so I'm not old enough to go to pub. And it's just me and my dad hanging around the ground at Wembley. Wouldn't have been surprised if your dad had still taken him to a pub. To be fair, <laughs> steady on. 
my dad, we it's like I would just go for a walk around, and during the course of these hours, he had fish and chips, a pizza, a burger, a boost bar, a bovril, and then he went back at half time for a pie and chips. It'd be remortgaging. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The fucking price is there. Yeah, yeah. It costs more than the tickets did. It costs more than the trade tickets did, I think. But it costs more than getting your brother to be the mascot. Alex won that some competition, I think. Fancy artsy stuff at some Premier League grounds. That's disgusting. Anyway, probably ought to talk about some football. Um, what happened this weekend? Oh, right, ladies and gentlemen, um, we just like to take a moment of silence um, for the entire city of Liverpool. Um, they've had a couple of years of relevance, and it looks. <laughs> but that, uh, that depends because Everton are top of the league. It looks to have come crashing down this weekend. Um, now the entire city of Liverpool was subject to the first ever slightly controversial bad decision in world football Um, it's never happened before Um, our thoughts and prayers go out to them our thoughts and prayers go out to Virgil van Dijk who's definitely not done a leg breaking challenge like this himself before Um, ladies and gentlemen um, let's talk about the Liverpool game and all the aftermath Mike Dave, uh, do you want to start by extending your sincerest condolences to Liverpool Football Club for the fact that they're probably only ever going to win one Premier League title? Well, I, I think everyone should just retire after what happened at the weekend, really. Game, Sport game, can't go on. Sport can't go on. Go on, no. Mike? Well, that's a disgrace, to be honest. Yeah. Absolute um, disgrace. So, um, we're recording just for... Reference, we're recording this podcast on Monday and as of right now, the Mayor of Liverpool hasn't called for Jordan Pickford to be arrested for GBH. Um, so what happened? Um, title chasing Everton versus um, Europa League chasing Liverpool. Hell of a fixture. Um, Everton's really real big test, although you could say that they played tough teams like Tottenham. Um, you can see that added fingers there. Um, just inverted covers. Anyway, 2-2. Salah, DCL, and then a few lesser of the world. Michael Keane scored. I can't even remember. Who got Liverpool's first? Marnie. John Henderson had a, a last gas winner. Chalked off in possibly the most ridic- one of the most ridiculous decisions I'd seen this weekend. If it hadn't been for earlier ones in this game. <laughs> um, so, let's start with um, the challenge itself. Uh, John Pickford... Horrific challenge. If you haven't seen it, I don't want to recommend you go watch it because it is vile, but probably would help you understand how vile it is. Um, however, no red card given um, because it was offside. Van Dyke now looks to be out with some sort of injury to his ACL, possibly the season. Massive dent for Liverpool's title hopes. Question at hand is supposed. Brez, should he should Pickford have walked? Van Dyke should he have walked? Well, this isn't cricket. No, no, he doesn't walk. He'd walk off the pitch. Red card? Yeah, he should be sent off, but he ain't walking. As if in cricket. Yeah, he should be off, obviously. Everyone knows yeah. this. Cricket, another terrible sport. Anyway. Um it's it's pretty obvious he should he should be gone, yeah. I don't I don't, I don't think we need to spend too much time on this. It's just it's just wild. Dave? 
Yeah, I couldn't believe, still can't believe he didn't get sent off for it, really. It's just, it's just dangerous play, regardless of if it's offside or not. Shocking challenge. But um, this might be the most reaction to Pickford it. game I've ever seen. Yeah. Um, but, so he's not, it doesn't look like he's going to face a ban and they brought it back because he was offside. So by the letter of the law, he shouldn't have faced uh, a red card anyway. No? Why is this yeah, so but, you? It's, it's a red card because the assistants are told to keep the flags down. So everything plays on until... Mm-hmm until VAR has a look at it. Just because VAR decides that there's already been an offside doesn't mean that the heinous tackle he puts in didn't occur when technically the game was still going on at the, at the time when the tackle was made. Yeah. Which is true. It was an offside then. But isn't the point that once you have the offside decision, everything that happens after that's now null and void? Well, that's true with the penalty. But you can't just go around. But isn't it true with the goal as well? He... Huh? Isn't it true with goals as well afterwards? So isn't it, aren't we? So why yeah, are we changing our goals. why are we changing our mind for a tackle? I mean, did, you've seen the tackle. Will. I've seen the tackle. Yeah. So we, but I want I so, want you so to so tell me. As, so long as someone's offside, then we can go around just stabbing people, can we? But that's the thing. Is that what we're allowing? <laughs> right, so, it's, so it's not like John John Pickford hasn't punched him. It's just a bad tackle. Like it's a heinous tackle. It's a really bad tackle. It's out of control. But he hasn't punched him. It's not assault. I mean, the, so why? So why? It depends is, what you describe assault. <laughs> so why is it different here? Because the game was still going on when he did it. But technically, it's not because it's offside. But it wasn't offside when he did it. But if you if you can if you say everything from the offside is null and void, therefore the tackle and the foul is now null and void. No. That's not how it works. Okay. Why not? You know this. <laughs> I don't know how they got this so wrong. I really don't. I have no idea. Okay. All right. Fair. Um, it's just illogical. <laughs> um, anyone know who was ref in the game, actually? Yeah, it was Michael oh, Oliver. Oliver. Mike, um, Michael Oliver didn't go to the uh, pitch side camera. What did you think of that? Well, apparently he was... He wasn't told, told to, not which, to. Yeah, he's told but not also, to. But also, can I just say that we are going to spend a lot of time on this, actually. <laughs> <laughs> Why? How has he not seen that in real time? How, how did you mess that? Honestly. He's got a great view of it. I mean, he couldn't have a better view of it. And he just misses it. Well, does he miss it? I don't know if he's just waiting for Bar to tell him it's a penalty or what he's doing. I don't know what he's doing. Is is there a point there that do you feel like sometimes you're watching these games and referees are leaning on Var as a bit of a crutch? Yeah, and to be fair, why wouldn't you? But then he's got to see that. He's okay. at least see it, and then what? Oh my God. <laughs> Why can't VAR tell him to go and look at the fucking monitor? Well, well there's your explicit tag at the monitor. But it's I bad. Think, I think it's that's really the, bad. I think that's the first time it's ever been Mike that's caused the explicit. Um, but Dave, so if VAR's not told him to look at it, 
and then by the letter of the law, they've deemed this to be no problem with this. Why is everyone so bent out of shape about it? I mean, the reaction to it has been one of the biggest overreactions from fans I've ever seen, frankly. I agree. It is wild. Not that... Obviously, I agree it's a red card. I didn't even... get. I get no. I get why they're angry. Obviously, they've just lost their captain to a horror challenge that wasn't even punished in the game. But some of the things I've seen people say, it's just laughable. It's just laughable. Like, and you can't, you can't go back and you can't go back and give red cards once the game's gone. It's not how it works. You can do. No, you can't. You can retrospectively You can retrospectively bad. Okay, well, okay, but it especially sort of nothing up. was done at the time. Yeah, but you can also of... send people off after the final whistle, as Rhys James found out the other week. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Do you not think if they were to put some serious action on the back of this, it would bring the entire game into disrepute? No. Yes, it would. Yeah, so we were talking about any this decision. The other day. Any decision ever goes wrong, they kick up enough of a fuss and they basically pressure them into going back and adding some sort of oh, retrospective sorry. punishment. Balls, balls, I thought you were, I thought you were saying, inbound, I thought you were saying go for the ban. No, no, God, I think, no. I think no, I'm saying that I'm saying that to start banning people retrospectively or going back and awarding decisions would be totally ridiculous because then it just them. becomes a then it just becomes a what people shout about the most, and if you shout about it, maybe they'll change it. Okay, it's just ridiculous. So we're going to talk about the reaction to it, like you said, Dave. I want ESPN FC. So there's two people on ESPN FC who I think are actually got their head screwed on, and one of them is Gabe Marcotti, and the other one is Julian Laurent. You think Marcotti's got his head screwed? Yeah. On? Yeah. Oh no. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Mainly because every time I see him, he's arguing with Craig Burley, and I'm like, well, they're fair enough. So, oh, my. So, do you want to. Li- I'm getting Jul- more and more tilted here. This is ridiculous. <laughs> Julian Laurent, do you want to hear what he said he reckons they should do? Go on. Gould and Pickford should be banned for as long as Virgil van Dyke is out injured. <laughs> what do we think of this, Dave? What do you think of it? He was saying that Pickford should be banned for as long as Van Dyke's out, right? <laughs> yep, yep, yep. Totally ridiculous. <laughs> These things happen in football. Where was this response when Son snapped Andre Gomez's leg last season? Where was this Dirty response? Fire. Where was this response has been where Alexander Arnold put Sane out for eight months? They can't just suddenly decide that also, okay, this is this is adding someone here. Anfield rap, right? I've seen so many tweets from them and retweeting oh, things. Head screwed for on Dirk Cout, for Dirk Cout's first ninth birthday, which was last year, they tweeted the picture of him jumping two footed at someone in a Merseyside derby, and they were celebrating it. The I don't know, Will, but if you've seen ever seen that challenge, it's horrendous. And they thought it was funny, and then suddenly it happens to one of their own players, and. We should be bending over backwards and changing all the rules and banning players forever. Maybe Van Dyke will never get back to his peak so Pickford doesn't play till he's 35. 
Or maybe Pickford's only allowed to play with one arm, which he does most weekends anyway. He plays with no Because arm. Van Dyke can't play with a fully functioning leg ever again. It's just fucking bollocks. It's total bollocks. I'd like to echo the last four words Dave just said. Why? Fucking bollocks. Why is it so ludicrous? What do you mean, why? <laughs> <laughs> I'm doing it for the sake of conversation. I want to know why you think it's so ludicrous. Oh, no. These things happen in football. There's, like... Yeah. J- have you seen Jamie Carragher's opinion on that? Jamie yeah, Carragher has actually right. been bang on. No professional player is going out to hurt them. It's a mistime challenge. He even said about the time he made a mistime tackle on Nani. And even though, obviously, Man United and Liverpool were huge rivals and they were supposed to hate each other, he said he couldn't stop. He said he couldn't stop thinking about the tackle on Nani because it affects him so much that he nearly jeopardised another player's career. And that's Carragher about a team that he should hate and players that he should hate. It, it, people miss time tackles. It happens every season, unfortunately, even where's at the top the, level. Happens twice where's in one game, actually. Richarli- where's the Richarlison, Richarlison tackles is worse. Richarlison yeah, Richarlison's is 1,000% worse. He also tried Just to pull he got out sent of it. Off and Thiago got up. He's now not banned. I think to Julian Laurent's new formula. What well, a fucking he tried idiot. To, he tried to pull out of the tackle and it was still horrendous. Just because Thiago didn't get injured, Richarlison doesn't get banned. I think, I think this the, new I think scheme the... from ESPN FC's one of the two head screwed on <laughs> fucking Julian Laurent. Get him out. What a joke. Um, I think what's interesting with uh, the Richarlison oh, tackle is I thought I actually thought real time that's, that's way worse. Um, and then in the replays where it came back again, if Rich- Richarlison sort of half catches him, if he catches him full on and Tiago's leg, Tiago's legs a bit more planted, breaks his that's leg. An breaks his leg. That's an Eduardo. Yeah, yeah, it's one of the it's one of the worst tackles I've seen in a long time. And you want to you want to talk about you want to talk about length. You want to talk about giving bans for bad tackles. I think I think there's something to be there's maybe something to be said for it. if you get a red card for it, and then they look at it again, they're like that is just an outrageously reckless, out of control challenge. I think there's something to be said for extending the ban. Because he's going to be gone for three games, and I would like <laughs> to watch him for ten. Was it was it Danny Guffrey who uh, broke Craig Fagan's Craig that, Fagan's leg? That should have been like that. That should have been a longer ban. So, that yeah, was also a malicious. To, yeah, it was entirely I malicious tackle too. A bit more relish, malicious than Pickford's. Yeah, but they do happen. These they do, especially in a derby game. Um, yeah, uh, I don't. I don't think Pickford meant it to injure no. him. It's just. This is exactly what Pickford is like. He's rash at times. He makes some ridiculous saves and then he chucks one yeah. in with fucking Henderson in the last minute. Yeah, so let's talk about um, Pickford. Um, he's sort of... was left as He's not been good for a while now. He was left as England number one during the international break. Was Had a few, had a few dodgy moments. Um, but Everton, even while they've been flying high, Pickford's been a real... Um, source of concern, I would say, but you really saw the two sides of his game in this one because it was a really good save, um, in this particularly late in the second half, like a really good save. But then, as you alluded to, if he'd let that Jordan Henderson goal be the winner, that's like that's three that's three points he's just chucking down the tubes for Everton. And I know we're joking about Everton 
been a title contender, been a bit tongue in cheek, not joking. But you talk about a lack. You talk about they're obviously way better than everyone thought. It's a mad season, and um, they've got no European football. It's a legitimate case it could be made. But Jordan Pickford is a massive problem for them, and he's going to continue to be, I think. Well, they could. I mean, given how some of the other teams look, they could fancy themselves for top four, top six at least. Yeah. This season, and yeah, with Pickford. Chucking them in like I mean that was dreadful goalkeeping at the end there mm-hmm. for Henderson's one. But like you said, we know he can pull off pull off a worldie out of huh. what you what you you just he's just this is this was Jordan Pickford in a game right here. Mm-hmm. Once Howler, some really really good saves and a and a rash bit of goalkeeping for the Van Dyke mm-hmm. tackle. Yeah. I, I couldn't really sum up Pickford any better than that game. Yeah. Um, I want to talk about two of the goal scorers. I want to talk about Dominic Calvert-Lewin. And I want to talk about Mo mm-hmm. Salah. Let's start with Calvert-Lewin. Um, I, I, was saying to, I was saying to a friend of ours that at what point do we... Because you remember when Harry Kane came into the team and was scoring all those goals and then Jamie Vardy, likewise, came into Leicester and was scoring all those goals and we were like, oh, they're on red for hot form. And then eventually it just became what we expected them to do. Are we vast, are we quickly approaching the point where this is not just a red hot period of form? This is just a really good striker at the top of his game with Calvin Lewin. Yeah, I think I'm there now. To be honest, yeah. Why? I, I, I mean, he just keeps scoring. It's like Ings. I, th- I think I'm starting to believe Ings is this good. Mm-hmm. Both Start. of them just can't stop scoring. Yeah, uh, and most of them as well are really good goals. Calvin Lewin's goal for England was a nice. Was it a header? Mhm, mhm. Uh, and then another good goal at the weekend with this header. Um, Dave, when you watch Calvert Lewin, what do you like most? Because I think I think he scores a ton of ugly goals, but I kind of like that about him personally. I like. I think he just. I think he just has so much to his game. Really, he can. He holds up the ball pretty well. His mm-hmm. passing's got a lot better. He yes. used to pick the wrong pass. Uh, now he's a lot more aware of. Not even just the pass, how he used to play the pass. He used to play it behind people and whatever. Now he's pretty much always playing it into space or even into their feet. Does that with Hammers a lot because Hammers doesn't want to run, which is fair mm-hmm. enough. He can do what he wants as far as I'm concerned. Um, Cavalloon also is pretty good with his feet in general, given he's quite a big guy. Uh, but he's also really, really good in the air. In fact, Glenn Murray, a cult hero, tweeted... I think Calvert Lewin's like one of the last last people who can. Oh, I should have got the tweet up. Something about the dying art of heading, basically. And he said Calvert Lewin's one of the last people that seems to be able to do it. He's a fantastic header of the ball. He really is a fantastic header of the ball. Um, he's every bit a modern target man. I think that's what yeah. I think. Another game. I just, I just think the levels of improvement, even from the end of last season where he was on such red hot form, to this season have been. Um, Absolutely massive. Um, the other point I want to talk about is um, Mo Salah, who I think currently is the front runner for the Player of the Year. Um, just overreacting to the first few games, um, he's been absolutely lethal. But what's impressed me most about him is he he looks more like the Salah that scored the thirty that broke the record. And what I mean by that is not just the quality of his finishing, but his movement. He seems quicker. He seems lighter on his feet. Um, he seems less involved in backing into players like he has been when he bulked up a few seasons ago. He seems back to being more of a lean machine. 
Um, lads, what are you thinking of Salah? Do you think he's any better, or do you think I'm blowing smoke up his ass because I've got him in my drafting? Uh, I, I do think he's better, and if if I'm the rest of the league, that really worries me because he was quietly had a pretty good season stats wise last year. Yeah. Um, so if he's better than that, and he gets anywhere near that record breaking season, my word. Yeah. He's a scary. He's hard to defend against. He really is. And and by the way, this goal in this game, hell of a technique. Honestly, finish wasn't it? Yeah. Unbelievable. I swear he scored one very similar even against Villa, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He did. Um, Dave, is Mohamed Salah underrated? Because I, I am. Le- I've never, I've never been the it's biggest. Hard to Salah say, fan. isn't it? I've never been the biggest Salah fan. I've always said he missed too many chances, and I think that's clouded me a bit. And I, I must admit, I think he's better than a lot of people give him credit for. It's, it's hard to say because I feel. There was a time where he was overrated because he was scoring goals, but he was also missing a lot of chances. Like he was at times scoring goals whilst playing terribly for most of the game, but because he was scoring those goals, people. But well, I mean, you could say rightly so. Were were really gassing him up, especially Liverpool fans. But now, because he didn't quite hit the heights last season, even though it's still a very good season by anyone's standards. But, Maybe people aren't expecting as much from him, but it looks like this season he could be the best that he's actually ever been. How many of the great strikers we've seen recently, I'm thinking Robin Van Persie, I'm thinking Aguero, they're like the proper lethal ones. How many of them are bad, but finish all their chances, but finish at a high level? Because Robin Van Persie, news last year, shite for most of the game, and then would pop up with yeah. three goals. I remember a game against Fulham for Man United where he was woeful. But he scored three goals. Um, and it's the same with Aguero. And I think Salah's almost gone that same way. I'm with you on Salah. I think mm. I think a lot of people don't realise how good a season he still had last year. Yeah. Um, despite kind of being a down year. Um, and with all the, all the attention really on Mane, rightly so for last season, I think. But mm. everyone's kind of forgotten that Salah's still an absolute menace. But, um, I mean, so he's got a better goals-to-game, goal-scoring ratio for Liverpool than, like, it's up there with the best. Like, it's up there, it's, I think it's beyond Suarez, it's beyond Torres. Yet you don't feel... And he's obviously won more for Liverpool than those two club, those two greats, obviously because he's been in a better team. But you don't feel the same ador- adoration and recognition of, like, a lethal talent that you felt for, certainly not Suarez, but even, to a lesser extent, Torres. You don't feel that with Salah. Yeah, I think you're right, which is interesting given the sort of output that he does actually provide. Mm-hmm. Um, if if there's going to be a goal for Liverpool, it's pretty much a toss-up between him or Mane, who you're expecting to see if you open your scores out. Yeah, yeah, it's true. And if he's not scored, he's probably got the assist. Yeah, yeah. keep him off at the team. Yeah, maybe, maybe it is because he misses the odd or more than the odd chance that he probably should stick away. Maybe but, people think he could, he could have more. I mean, it I is know. really it is really interesting because Salah does have this idea of perceived wastefulness, whereas in reality, look at the stats, he's actually the least wasteful of the front three, I believe. Or at least he certainly was last year. That's really interesting. Because Mar- Mane wasted the most big chances and um, Firmino couldn't hit a barn door with a trombone. <laughs> 
Yeah, he really couldn't last year, could he, for me, no? Oh, God. I mean, he hadn't scored at home at Anfield till um, Chelsea and Kepa turned up. What a surprise. surprise. <laughs> Salah scored two and a half, uh, yeah, two and a half more goals than his expected goals are this year. So he's actually finishing better than he should be. Yeah, I rest my case. Now, Interesting. to the moist tambour, as Mike called it. Um, I'm going to put someone on blast. So, um, I didn't watch the first half of the Tottenham game. I did watch the second half of it, but I didn't watch the first half of it because I was um, I was playing the old war zone with a friend of ours called Henry Hodgson. Now, Henry Hodgson, we saw the goals going for Tottenham and Henry goes, um, he goes, well, I think Tottenham could win the league. And he goes, he goes. He actually, he actually told me that before this game. Yeah. He goes, they've got a potent attack. They're adding bail to it. It's all looking really nice for them. And then they went 3-0 up and he was going, oh, they're going to win the league. And I said, Tottenham winning the league under Mourinho would cause me to stop watching football. <laughs> Genuinely believe that. But that being said, <laughs> it, as Chiellini once said, it's the history of the Tottenhams. Um, <laughs> Tottenham race into a 3-0 lead in 16 minutes and they threw it all away in the last 15 minutes owing to an absolute howitzer from Lanzini. So let's start with the good with regards to Tottenham first. Um, Harry Kane in this false nine role, Mike. Um, absolutely perfect for him. He's pretty brilliant. Him and Son linking up are mm-hmm. incredible. This, uh, I think, looks the best Kane's ever looked. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He, I think uh, he looks more complete. Yeah, a lot more complete. Yeah, he's he's happy to put it on a plate because for Son because he knows Son will stick it away. Yeah, and Son will give it him back. That, that nutmeg on uh, on rice, disgusting mm-hmm. for his first goal. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then he just slams it in the near post, which I assume it was Fabianski in goal. Didn't have a bloody prayer. Go on, mm-hmm. Dave. You say, do you know how many assists Kane has already this season? Five, isn't it? I mean, he did get four in one game. He's still got seven assists. Seven? Okay. Yeah. Oh, wow. Is He's that got seven eight. goals, seven assists? Five, five goals, seven assists. Wow, we. In the league. Got, He's has got... got seven and seven goals, two assists in the league in five games. He's got ten and eight, I think, in all comps, Harry Kane. Um, I've got a question for you, Dave. We talk a lot about Jose Mourinho on this podcast and perceived slights, mm-hmm. um, particularly in the, regards to the attacking phase of the game. Um, one of the questions when he arrived at Tottenham was, would Harry Kane be happy? Because typically under Jose, um, oddly enough, not at Real or at Chelsea, but you sort of see declines in the attacking outputs of strikers as they're asked to do more. But as we've said in this new false nine and a half-ish role, mm. um, he's certainly been rejuvenated after a few seasons where he looks a little bit more limited. Um, do you think Jose's not getting the respect he deserves for setting up Tottenham to attack in a way that suits their players? I mean, we gave Arteta all the, the love in the world earlier in the season before the rails went I'm, off offensively over there. I'm not sure he is, because can you think of a better attack than Son and Kane at the moment? Like, doesn't It doesn't even matter who the third player is. Those two have such a good understanding at the moment that those two alone are going to create a lot of goals and chances. And well, Throw a bail into the mix once he gets more up to speed, and God knows how many they could score. They just need to sort out the other end, Mm -hmm. really. Um, I think, yeah, he's just brought so much out of Harry Kane because obviously there was that talk 
as you say, would Kane be happy and speculation of him leaving? And I think, as you say, Kane probably looks the best that he ever has for his all-round game. Mm-hmm. He's Mike? just so much more aware. Yeah, I think there's two points here. That Mourinho's done a good job putting Kane in the position to be the best that he can be, mm-hmm. which he clearly is at the moment, with, especially with Son and hopefully Bale when he arrives. But also, Kane's been fit for a decent yeah. spell now. And that That's is, a good point. I think, huge for him. He hopefully can trust his body to stick with him for a little while. <laughs> yeah. Um, they, I think injuries have been plaguing him a little bit, maybe even in his head a little bit. Um, Absolutely. I think that, maybe it's not, but I think that could make a difference. And that's why he looks so sharp um, on fitness as well. But I, I didn't think Bale looked match fit at all. No, no. I, I, I think it's going to be a while for him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Um, I think 3-0 three nil home to West Ham felt like a good game to introduce him in as well. Um, but obviously, yeah. he, missed, he missed that big chance and he was under a bit of pressure. But it's the match sharpness as much as fitness, I think, for Bale. Um, so, give Mourinho his flowers for the offensive performance. It was a very un-Mourinho-like second half because you, you think back to think back to these great teams, certainly in the Premier League. They knew how to shut up shop. I mean, take his second spell at Chelsea. What did he want to do when he wanted to shut up? He took Oscar off and brought on Mikel and played Fabregas, Mikel and Matic and just stodged the middle out. Um, It was, I mean, Chelsea played some great football that first season and then got smacked by Tottenham and he sort of calmed down a bit. Um, I I think this might make him calm down a bit as well because Spurs are pretty similar to Chelsea at the moment in that they're getting a lot of individual errors, particularly at the back. Um, you think in this one, you've got the Sanchez. They keep giving away silly, needless free kicks. They haven't clicked, They haven't kept a clean sheet in 10, I think. Um, Brez, what are you... What, what do you think Tottenham should do? Um, well, they need to work out how to defend set pieces. Yeah, that's big Especially one. if they're going to give them away a lot. Balbright. Balbuena, I forgot he was even in the league still, popping up with a with a goal. Great header uh, on that film. note. Did anyone else know that Slimani still plays for Leicester? Yes. Yeah, yeah he yeah. was at Monaco last year. He played really well. Because he just popped up uh, against Villa, and I was like, oh, hello. Um, but yeah, sorry, Spurs. They obviously need to be better defensively. Um, we said Regalon was going to be good going forward. But he was. He has. He has been. But weren't sure about him at the back. You've still got Aurier, who is a bit of a clown, going backwards as well. And He's then, wonderful. I mean, I, I love a diving header, but I'm not sh- sure exactly what Sanchez was mm-hmm. was doing with that OG. And then the Lanzini one, I guess. What are you going to do about that? That was 0.01 expected <laughs> goals for that, which is pretty hilarious. I mean, Spurs get done by a one percenter. <laughs> Dave. I mean, that strike, brilliant, but I'm not sure what Harry Winks is doing in the run-up to it. I'm not sure what Harry Winks does any time he steps on a football pitch, to be honest. Do you know what? They are... Do you know what, Will? Two words while they lost this. Tango Harry and Dombele. Dombele. Three nil up when he went off. Brought on Harry Winks. Basically, don't take him off. Just keep him on. Never I mean, take him I... off. How the tables have turned there. 
He's not fit enough to play 90 minutes. I think you'll find is what Mourinho said. An unfit player is better than Harry Winks at this point. <laughs> um, it's it's quite a role reversal in terms of with Tottenham. Is that they just you watch them play and they're like they're just scintillating going forward. But they're one of the reasons me and you, Dave, picked them for being top four over like the likes of Arsenal was that we just we expected the experience of in that defence and the experience of Jose to to make them hard to beat. Um whereas like you look at Arsenal's performance at Man City, like it wasn't great by any means. Dear God do Arsenal need a bit of creation from the central parts of the midfield. Um but at least they were under Arteta they've appeared to be really compact and difficult to beat in these big games. It's quite a role reversal. How are you feeling about the prediction of Tottenham being in the top four? Because, as we said, they they do look absolutely like they can blow. They much much like Chelsea look like they can absolutely blow you away going forward. But when it when the people are running towards their goal, they just look like frightened kittens. I don't know. <laughs> um, I mean, the attacking brilliance fills me with confidence, but they really need to address this problem with. Well, the defence as a whole, but also trying to shut out games. I just that worries me a lot uh, in terms of my prediction. Not so much because I don't really care about Tottenham, but I'm not a Tottenham fan. I don't. I don't care if they keep throwing away games. But for, for the prediction, a little bit worried about it. Um, I don't know. I'm not still not sure with Arsenal either. If Arsenal are necessarily going to be any better than Tottenham. I, Guess we need more time. We need I to mean, see some more games for me to make more of a more of a sort of well-rounded view. To be honest, we won't go. Moment, I'm not sure. Won't go into detail about Arsenal because uh, they, I don't think we have really learned anything from that game against City. But um, at the moment, even though Aubameyang's not playing well, they're only they're they're finishing their chances at an unbelievable. They must be finishing their chances at an unbelievable rate because I keep looking at the XG of their games and it never paints them in a good light. Um, and the eye test for them as well. Christ, they look stodgy. Like who would have thought it? Rely on William for creation. <laughs> like what happens? Three assists against Fulham. Three assists against Fulham, and you're all getting cast. <laughs> oh, it's great, isn't it? Now, Mike, are you ready for this segue? Go on. Right. Speaking of Arsenal and Tottenham, let's 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 move to a competition they're not involved in. It's, <laughs> it's the Champions League, baby. So, um, Champions League is of course back this Tuesday. A um, couple of interesting games. Uh, I guess the glamour tie for the English games is um, Man United PSG, but Chelsea were also playing Seville, and uh, God, I couldn't. T- Liverpool are playing Ajax, I believe, and Man City are. Playing whatever team they got in their absolutely gorgeous group. Porto. Porto. That's the hardest game. Get out of the way and you've won. Um, Dave, Mike, what are your hopes for in the English competitions this year? English competitions? What are your hopes for for the English teams in the competition this year? Well, I'd, I'd expect Liverpool to get out of their group pretty easily. Ajax will be tough, but... Oh, actually, Atalanta. Maybe I'm not giving them enough credit. Atalanta, look, like they could maybe cause problems, but I'd still expect Liverpool to get out of that group. Um, yeah, Man City, if they don't get out of it, Pep may as well just walk away, frankly. Mike, how do you feel about Group H? Because it's a, it's a certainly not a nice group. Paris, 
Man United, Le- Leipzig, so, and Bakashir, who aren't a pushover by any means. Yeah, we might as well just play the kids and be out of it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, well, we got PSG, so that'll be a good uh, in the week. So that'll be a good little acid test for us. But I, I think it's Europa League again for the boys. Third place finish. Really, you don't fancy yourselves over Leipzig? No. Leipzig without Timo Werner. I mean, you, you don't understand how shit I think we are. No, I've been on this podcast the last couple of weeks. I think I understand. Oh, I mean, I really do not rate us right now. So I really don't. So so basically, it's down to City, Liverpool without Van Dijk, and Chelsea who can't stop scoring or conceding. Yeah, I'll tell you what. <laughs> um, I'm a little. Uh, I think tomorrow night for Chelsea is going to be a massive game, certainly against yeah. the. Um, I because I, I think. I think they're probably the other two teams. I think they should definitely beat, but Sevilla are a really good side. Um, mm-hmm. Chelsea will look at that group and think we got to win it. We haven't won a knockout tie in like eight years in the Champions League because we can't win our groups. Um, I think, like you said, Mike, I think United. I, I'm, I'm always going to lean United. I think, but I think they might finish second. I think Liverpool are top of the group. I think Man City are top of the group. Um, if I was to push you for a winner. Of the Champions League. Now we know it's only ever been retained by Real Madrid. Um, it's a bit of a funny competition. Um, Bayern have obviously added a key piece in Leroy Sane, lost a key piece in Thiago. Um, but are they the favourites to win it all again? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, I think I, undoubtedly, I think so. I mean, looking at this, is there is there really another challenger? I, I've just been looking through and. I mean, we don't really rate I, the Spanish teams. No, neither of them look as, great. As far as, yeah, as far as European challenging. I'm not huge on, now Liverpool lose Van Dijk. It's yeah, going to be not. tough for them to, I think, make, a, make it to the final. City, for some reason, just can't do it in this competition. No. Uh, Juventus never seemed to manage it. So, I don't know where... Juventus with Pirlo as with a rookie as well. manager as well, yeah. Oh yeah, good point. Sevilla might make a run. They're good at these sort of things. Yeah, well, the, someone I can't remember who tweeted it. I think it was a Chelsea journalist said said, uh, "Well, Sevilla will be racing to finish third in the Chelsea group, so they can uh, retain <laughs> their the Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, maybe it's here for Atletico. I mean, I tell you what, if you've yeah, not seen thinking... any Atletico, yeah, they are wild good. this year. Costa, Suarez, supported by Felix and Lamar. Oof. Oof. <laughs> that's, a, that's a squad. Um, but that'll, again, that'll, be a, that'll be a good watch, the, their games against Bayern in the group. Yeah. Really, I, I think really, 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 really I think, good. as always, the Champions League is, is the best watch around. Um, uh, unless your team's in it. I mean, last year's Ajax-Chelsea game, ladies and gentlemen, uh, I still haven't recovered. Um, sometimes I wake up in cold sweats thinking about it. I then think about what happens if that Kurt Zuma run with the step overs goes in. I think that, honestly, <laughs> that would have been the best goal that has ever been scored. <laughs> ever been scored. Like, not even close. Um, anyway, exciting time. Surprise package picks for this one this year? Anyone? Surprise like package. At, like Atalanta. Yeah, Atalanta. Did they count, though? Because they were so good last yeah, year. Yeah, they were no, really no, good no, last year. No, 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 I don't year. think we can pick that. Good point. Uh... I mean, Lazio have Look, started the league season poorly, but otherwise I'd have thought about them. Um, Inter? 
Well, interestingly enough, Conte's Inter lost to Milan derby for the first time in like seven years. Um, they're scoring a ton of goals, but they're letting in a ton of a ton of goals too. That'll be a good watch. Um, I don't really know what to tell you, to be honest. Um, God, me... Group F, Zenit, Dortmund, Lazio and Bruges. What the heck is that? Um, I'm going for the one at the bottom of Group G that I can't pronounce. It looks like Freire Xhaka. <laughs> Sorry, are the Horn? Oh, for Dave. Rance, for Ross, the Hungarian will. Christ. Give, sorry, Dave, how do you pronounce it? Oh, well, I'm definitely pronouncing it wrong. Yeah. So um, try again. Try again. It's either Ferencvaros or Ferencvaros. <laughs> well, that was good. That Dave, was good. are you predicting for manager of the Champions League? Diego Simone? No, Roy Hodgson. <laughs> Roy Hodgson, okay. <laughs> oh, we'll talk about Palace next week. Oh, my. Maybe. Maybe Surprise not. Pick. They might be last on match of the day again. What are we thinking about Marseille, lads? I'm thinking <laughs> you and Roy Hodgson. Rens? They've got Kamavenga. Right. No, honestly, Rens Rens probably Rens probably would chance. be a shout. But if they were a surprise package, we'd be out of the Champions League and we'd no longer be out doing a podcast. Um, <laughs> interestingly enough, just quickly because I. We missed. We didn't really talk about it earlier. We talked about the Pickford tackle, but we didn't talk about the the injury itself. Van Dyke, as you alluded to, Mike, Liverpool's most important player by far, linchpin of that defence. This is a serious injury of which he may never come back the same again. Mm-hmm. Are, you, are you writing off Liverpool's title chances now? Uh, they're definitely up for debate. I think. Can Liverpool win the league with the back two of Gomez and Matip? They're going to have to score a hell of a lot. So you, Salah better be as good as you say he is. Yeah, yeah, he better have. I'm telling you now. But uh, I think... Uh, it's a tough question. ask. Yeah. This, well, it, this will be interesting to see because everyone complained about Laporte being out for City so they couldn't properly challenge Liverpool last year. Now it's the other way around, so let's see. Yeah, it's going to be, it's going to be really interesting. And um, ladies and gentlemen, we will I, be... Fin- I do think the league's open, though. Sorry, Will. I do really think the well. league is open for someone really open. other than City and Liverpool now to win it. Emerson will be lifting the trophy come May. You might see. <laughs> Everton win the Premier League. Not Everton, Emerson. Oh, um, God. That could, honestly, that's that even... might be worse. Um, ladies and gentlemen, that will do us for this week. But before we go, I do want to read you a statement. So, a journalist, oh, a journalist asked Sky how many people bought the Premier League pay-per-view games at the weekend. And Sky's response was, we won't be showing the pay-per-view numbers as they are commercially sensitive, which stands for... Fuck all. That's what it stands for. They'd have announced no it. No one bought them. Big success. So if you didn't buy the pay-per-view at the weekend, like I myself didn't buy a pay-per-view and Neither did maybe, I. maybe found an alternative way of finding out what was going on with the match score. Great live commentary on Chelsea.com. Maybe a slightly uh, dubious Twitter Arabic stream unless uh, the FBI are listening or the constabulary. <laughs> Um, which I didn't buy that but anyway if you didn't buy it and instead stayed loyal to football congratulations and thank you very much that's what I wanted to say now Dave if the people want to follow you for more discussions on what pies you have and haven't eaten where can they find you? at Dave Harris underscore 44 and Mike if the people want to fo- follow you so they can find out how the Open League might be challenged by a North East club because they've got a super super 
Brazilian striker who has been dubbed the new Firmino. Where can they find him? <laughs> uh, yeah, on Twitter again, at, at Mikey Breslin. Uh, that, if you want to follow any Joe Linton propaganda. That was a walk to that reference, wasn't it, Christ? Um, and if you want to follow me, you can do so at Wilhelm17, but I don't want to be followed by anyone that isn't Billy Piper. Um, if you, want to follow oh, us, you can follow us at In and Around Pod. You can email us questions at inaroundpod at gmail.com if you want to follow us on the socials. It's at inaroundpod on everything, including Tumblr. And if you want to read the latest thoughts of the crew, you can do so at inandaroundmedia.com. No press conferences about why Dave doesn't like pies there, though. Now, Didn't say I don't like him. Well, Dave, where'd you stand? All right. What's better, the sweet pie or the savoury pie? Oh, right. I get what you mean now. Um, what do you mean you get what I mean now? I'm not speaking French. It's not like you know <laughs> I thought you were talking about pucker pies. I don't have a clear amount. I'd, I'd prefer savoury pies for sure. Well, savoury. What's your favourite type of savoury pie, Dave? Mm, I don't know, like beef and onion or something. I think bog standard, really. I don't have many pies. What, what a shame. I'm buying you a pucker pie. Did you hear what he went at the end? He was like, he's like you don't really buy any pies. He's like the guy from Hot Fuzz. <laughs> Nobody tells me nothing about pucker pie. <laughs> no one buys me nothing. Right, um, ladies and gentlemen, if you want to follow us on YouTube, which is where you'll be able to see the content of David Harris eating his first ever pucker pie. Um, but until then, and until next on the football, um, yeah, see you around. Are you two going to say goodbye? Nah. Oh, you usually say goodbye. I'll say it for oh, you. Good. See you later, then. Oh, I'll do it for day. Goodbye. <laughs> oh, goodbye. for God's sake. Bye. Thank, thanks for listening, guys. Uh, just ignore these uh, reparates, please. Reparate. <laughs> <laughs>